I kind of lost my train of thought. That's okay. I, I know where it stops. Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. On today's episode, we will be sharing the next edition of a segment called Conversations in Grace, in which members of our team here at GLF or friends of GLF have an unscripted conversation on important topics surrounding our new identity in Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Tim Chalice. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. How are you doing tonight, Jesse? Good. Tim, we want to touch on the concept of God. We'll just, you, we'll just you... touch the surface. Let's... <laughs> yeah, why don't you start us off? That's not a broad topic. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, this to me is one of my... Um, it's it's one of the one of the things that I think is a, a pillar for the Christian faith. Well, what is my concept of God? What do I believe about Him? How do I think of Him? Um, this affects everything. You know, I, I use a phrase quite often that our theology affects our psychology. The way you think about God, the way you think He is, um, is going to affect how you live. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have a picture of God, and he's kind of, you know, since he's father, he's he, maybe they have a picture of their earthly dad, and um, maybe they get a picture like that. And some people have better dads than others, and some dads are more present than others, and some dads were, you know, more loving than others. And and so, in any case, no matter what level of dad you had, no matter what quality of dad you had, um, no earthly dad could give us a, an accurate enough picture of what God is like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this concept of God is a big deal. Um, and I know as Christians, I mean, you know this. If I said, oh, Jesse, is God good? You have to answer yes. I mean, we're right. we're we're in church, you know, yeah. and we got to give the Sunday school answer. Um, but I think given the world we live in, given circumstances that happen, you 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 watch the news, you hear the stories of what's happening out there, and you see the murder and strife and wars and factions and pain and suffering that's in this world, that's yeah. daily on this planet. And um, it's human yeah. to question whether God is really good. It, yeah, it, I mean, you're experiencing something like that. God definitely doesn't feel good. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, haven't you ever asked the question, God, if if you're so good. Yeah, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Sure. Yeah. There, there's a presumption in the question. It's it's mm-hmm. The presumption is, God, if I were you and in control of the situation, I wouldn't let this happen. Yeah. Right? And so we we, we have this, this view of God. I, I, know, I know the Sunday school answer. Of course he's good. Mm-hmm. But if we would get really raw and honest, um, that's a struggle for most people. Um, the world certainly struggles with it. I mean, the world, the the, the world of unbelievers, say something like, um, "Oh, your God, if He's good, He's weak. Like if the if He exists at all, because look at the stuff that's happening." Yeah. Um, and so, is God good, but He's too weak to do anything about it, this? Or, yeah. um, and so, so we see that 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 our minds are are confused sometimes about 
God's declaration of his own goodness and our experience of something else in this world at times, yeah. right? Um, so for me, this is, this is huge. What if, what if God is as good as he claims to be? And here's my disclaimer. Of course he is, right? Yeah, right. Um, he's good continually. He's, he's always good. I mean, the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord, the Lord is good. good yeah. so, so try him is basically the idea, right? Tr- try me and see that mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, I wonder if people aren't necessarily trying God in terms of to see if he's good. I think, I think through trying circumstances. Yeah. Well, how do we separate that? Because when we're in a situation that doesn't feel good, you know, devastating even. Yeah. Where do, where, where does God meet us in that? Where can he be good in the midst of, you know, the death of a child, the, sure. the, uh, a divorce, um, sure. a strained relationship and something like that. Something that's, you know, something I haven't personally experienced, but just seeing people go through it, you know, yeah. I ask the question. Yeah. Um, we have to ask this question. Is, is God causing all the things that are happening? I mean, isn't that kind of the root of what you're asking? How can God be good in the midst of divorce and suffering and pain and yeah. the loss of a child? And, and, and I think the question is, while God is, while God is in control of all things, he's sovereign over everything. We agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he is controlling all things, meaning people have a choice, right? Sin has an effect. God didn't choose sin. Right. Adam chose it. God told Adam not to choose it. Adam chose it anyway. Right. And so we see right from the very first choice that God allowed for it, but didn't cause it. And um, and so I think there's a lot of things that are happening on this planet that are used by God, but not being caused by God. Um, So that's one way to understand he can be good in the midst of bad things. So his goodness doesn't depend on the outcome of a situation. That's right. That's right. His goodness isn't diminished or dependent upon circumstantial things, right? Yeah. It's and and actually when we believe him at his word that he is good, when we when we believe him and trust him, we actually start to re-examine the circumstance. We look at the circumstance differently. Okay, rather than God if you are good, why is this happening? And, and listen, he's not threatened by the question. We're free to ask it. But I think we settle the fact, okay, God, you're good, and this is happening right now. So you asked, how does he meet me there? Well, that's part of how he does that. I, I recognize, hey, he's not absent or distant or uncaring. He's not unaffected by my pain. Yeah. You know, you, you have kids, and if they hurt, are you unaffected by it? No. What if what if you even allowed the hurt? Meaning they asked for Oreos and you made them eat broccoli. They're mm-hmm. in a lot of pain. They're suffering, right? <laughs> that kid is suffering now. Can you in in a sense you allowed the hurt? Yeah. You didn't really cause it. Right. Do you see how they're not yeah. going to see that clearly? Yeah. So I go, are you unaffected? You know, yeah. I remember the first time I had to discipline my my kid. Uh, and people told me this. I didn't believe them because I'm like, no, I'll be fine with discipline. That won't be hard. I, that, I, I get it. You know, I've worked with teenagers long enough to know it's good. So, yeah. but then I have my own kid and that little <laughs> thing is acting up and it needs discipline. She needed discipline at the time. And I'm like, 
I'm thinking, okay, now the rubber meets the road. I can remember being an emotional wreck, disciplining my own child because I cared. I wasn't disconnected from her pain. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, what if what if our concept of God allowed for the real dynamic of Him not being unaffected in the suffering of the world that we live in? Yeah. Well, He never, I mean, He doesn't leave us. He never forsakes us. He does. So He's and, in there in the midst of it. Amen. Yeah. And and didn't Jesus didn't Jesus come incarnate to experience to be subject to the very world mm-hmm. that he had created he is now subject to and it's fallen now. Yeah. And so Jesus feels its fallen effects on himself. Yeah. Think about that. So and so that he can declare now, hey, he's our sympathetic high priest. He gets right. it. He gets what it means for Jesse Sampson to live in a sin fallen world as a human being. Yeah, Spurgeon has a a good quote I've always liked. It says, God is good, not because he causes things that seem or feel good to happen in our lives, but because in the midst of the storm, God comes closer to us than the storm could ever be. Now, I don't don't think it's an actual moving closer to us. No, but experientially, yeah. yeah, yeah. So experiencing that in a storm and knowing that, you know, the God of the universe is so deeply connected with us. That's right. That's it's, right. It's you know he's good even even if even though it's hard in those moments to to think that he's good. Those moments when your kids are just screaming that they don't like pain, whatever the pain is, whether it's not not getting Oreos or it's a you know a bobo on their knee, yeah. and and you know that they're gonna be okay. You know that, and 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 ultimately, you know what you do, Jess. You you take them in your arms and you just hold them mm-hmm. while they're crying. Right. Are you unaffected by this? Yeah. <laughs> your intimate relationship is included in this. And yeah, you might clean the scrape off their knee and you might eventually give them an Oreo. But th- the reality is it's your presence as a dad to that kid that is yeah. really needed in that moment. It's not the need to stop bleeding. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a relational thing. And I don't think that we give God the the latitude of this relationship. We we look at him as some distant uncaring being yeah. and and then wonder how he could he could just um stoically allow all this stuff to yeah. happen. It's hard it's really hard to see how God is good on both sides of a bad situation. Yeah. Like if, if there were a plane crash, right? And um, I heard a, there was a story one time where there was a plane, the so, there was a soccer team getting on a plane to go to a game. The soccer team missed the plane. Well, the plane crashed, right? So the soccer team, everybody on the plane unfortunately died. So the soccer team is sitting here saying, man, God is good. Right. Because we missed that flight. Yeah. But what about everybody else on the plane? Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like Katrina, you know, that hits home for us because it's sure. close to us and we know people who are involved. Um, I've heard Frank and you preach on how, you know, God wasn't uh, destroying New Orleans because of its sin. And judging it for you're right. sin. He wasn't, you're yeah. right. He wasn't judging it. He wasn't doing that. Um, but to see how God is good on both sides of an ugly situation, sure. you know, that, that's really tough. Yeah, we're, we're, we're reading tea leaves. We're looking at natural disasters and we're looking at weather patterns and these kinds of things and going, this is God's judgment against sin. And, yeah. and so uh, he, here's, here's how good God is. He's already judged sin. He did it at the cross, mm-hmm. right? And he took it himself. 
That's how good he is. Yeah. And so, so what we see is a fallen world with, with real stuff. Um, and so I don't, I don't believe the Bible teaches that God is causing all that stuff. I believe what the Bible teaches in Romans eight twenty eight is that God can use all that stuff for good. That's how good he is, mm -hmm. that he can actually redeem the evil stuff that happens and use it for for righteous, good purposes. Right. Only a good God can do that. And then I begin to see, you know what, maybe I need to redefine my circumstances through or re-look at my circumstances through this filter that God is good right. rather than look at whether God's good or not through the filter of my circumstances. Yeah, yeah it's funny you... You mentioned the Psalm 34 that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it also says right after that, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. That's right. And I think that w when I read that yesterday, I thought to myself, well, the first part says, taste and see that he is good, but it also says take refuge in him. And there's, I think there's something to that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say that he's good and we will never have to take refuge that's a great point. I've never thought about it that, Jesse. He is good and we can take refuge in him. Yeah. If he is good means that then all things that happen are good, then we would never have, to, never take have to take refuge. What a great point. Yeah. I've never seen it. I need to I need to come to this more you need often. To read I your learned Bible. something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you read it yesterday, so you had a head start. <laughs> yeah, right. I, mean, you, you, I had you, one good point out of like a thousand. No, but that's that is that is a great point. But do you see do you see what you just did for for not just me, but for hopefully everybody that's listening mm -hmm. is you are you are thinking through some of the concepts in terms of, okay, so taste and see that the Lord is good, and we're going to take refuge in Him. Listen, just because God is good, and I don't mean that in a diminished way just because, right? right? I don't mean that in an ir irreverent way, but even so that God is good doesn't mean that everything that happens is is good because God's not doing everything that's happened. God didn't cause sin. Right. But here's here's some good news. Think forward a little bit. One day, one day, God's going to do everything that we would hope that we ask for today. God, God, we don't want there to be sin and cancer and suffering and, and murder and evil and hurricane. We don't want all that one day. And, and the answer is, you know, we're living in a vapor. We're living in a short window here on earth, mm -hmm. but we have an eternity on the other side, and we will never ask that question there because all that God purposes that he originally had designed and intended will happen. So one day we won't have to ask that question because that's what he's doing. He has redeemed everything. Yeah. In this moment, we still live in a sin-cursed world, yeah. right? So so God is, is... But there has to be something more to us being able to, uh, there must be something more to life than the here and now, right? I mean, we know there is. There's, sure. there's, there's more to, I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. I, I know where it stops. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, God wants us to, to experience his love and goodness here and not just in eternity. That's right. He wants us to, to experience him here, but he, but but it doesn't just stop here. That's you know, right. We have something to look forward to. We have a great hope in the future. And we, we know that God is good here 
as well as in eternity. Absolutely. But yeah. but here it's not always by sight because not everything we see is good. So how do we how do we live? Well, we live by faith. By faith, God, I believe you are good, even though right now this stinks. By faith, God, I, I, I'm going to believe you're good. I'm not going to re-engineer that idea. I'm not going to redefine whether you're good or not based on what I'm going through mm-hmm. or based on what is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, by faith, believe you're good, and I'm going to re-examine what's happening and look at it differently. My wife had cancer a few years ago, and there's nothing good about cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to say that there is, is to be insensitive to anybody that's ever been affected by it, which is probably most everybody's through a loved one or something. Yeah, somebody knows somebody. Personally. Yeah. So I go, there's nothing good about cancer. But man, when I look back on those seven years ago, I, I look at how God used that situation that we were in, that my wife went through. And I go, I see the good that he brought from it. But, I'm, but I don't attribute that cancer is good or that God caused it, I go, but he can use even cancer. He can use even whatever situation you want to put after that. Mm -hmm. God is so good that there is no evil that he can't still turn and use for good purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. And, And that doesn't mean that some of the things that happen are good, right? right? But God's not defined by what is happening. God yeah. isn't defined there. And yeah. that's what we have to take by faith. Okay, God, I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you that you're good, even though yeah. everything around me wants to dictate something else. This is why we look not with eyes of sight, but with the eyes of our heart. Yeah. This is why it says everything that is seen is temporary. And Romans Romans tells us that, I think it's Romans. He says that his goodness is in, is to draw us to himself. Yes, his kindness does that. His kindness. That's right. Yeah. Romans 2. And so so when you think about that, what's going to draw people to God? It's his goodness and his kindness, right? I know we think as human beings, you know what would make more people believe in God? If nothing evil happened. Mm-hmm. If, if sin wasn't present. Listen, God's character and nature and divine attributes are not hindered or limited by anything. He yeah. is who he is. And 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 actually we can see him through anything if we will look through the eyes of faith. He doesn't just do good, he is good. That's right. Maybe we've talked about this, I can't remember, but when you look at the story of the garden and Adam and Eve and, and you see when that first original sin happened, you can scour the pages of Genesis 3, you are not going to see anything but God's goodness. Yeah in the midst of man's sin. You're going to see him leap into his redemptive nature and go to redeem them and restore them and to cover them when they've tried to cover themselves. You won't find a verse in Genesis 3 that talks about him being so angry and punitive and disgusted and condemning. None of that. They they disobeyed. They were deceived. And God leaped into action to try to reveal to, to Adam, where are you, Adam? Who have you listened to other than me? Oh, you've tried to sow fig leaves and clothe yourselves and hide. No, I'm going to show you that it takes more than that. It's going to take me. It's going to take me in a sacrifice and, and a blood sacrifice to cover you. A foreshadowing of, a, of the ultimate, the Lamb of God slain mm-hmm. before the foundation of the world. I mean, God's good, redemptive nature was shown in the midst 
of that original sin. And I'm not so sure that's how we have thought about or remembered that story, that narrative, that history. We have thought God said, you know, the day Jesus is going to die and they disobeyed and so God killed them. That's not what happened, right? (laughs) They disobeyed, they died, and God leaped into action to redeem them. And and that's his goodness. That's it. In the midst of some badness. (laughs) Right. And just like a parent, he wants goodness for his children. That's right. God is good. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Hey, before we go, we want to share with you all a great opportunity that's happening here this month at Grace Life Fellowship. If you're in the area, we want to welcome all of you to come. And I got my good friend here, Scott Sule. He's going to tell us about it. How you doing, Scott? Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Jesse? Good. Tell us a little bit about Q Commons. Yeah, so Q Commons is a two-hour simulcast-style event. It'll be here at Grace Life um, on October 24th at 7 p.m. There'll be three global speakers um, and three local speakers. The global speakers will be uh, Malcolm Gladwell. He's an author journalist. Uh, Francis Chan, he's a a pastor and and author as well. And Rebecca Lyons is the the third uh, global speaker. She's an author. And then the local speakers will be Dustin LaFont of Front Yard Bikes uh, Curtis Washington, who is an uh, elder, but also true behavior strategist and coach with the EBR school system. And Leslie Lacey, an attorney uh, for the state that represents foster care kids in their legal proceedings. So the point of the event is um, to kind of show the church what else is going on around, um, around the city and to connect Grace Life with other churches uh, and the church at large so that... Um, we can uh, create a better future. That's the theme of the yeah. event. So it's going to be a great night. Yeah. So for more information, they can go to the website? Yes. So And the website is Q, like the letter, just the letter, qcommons.com slash Baton Rouge. Awesome. Tickets will be $10 at the door. Okay. And um, you can register on the website or you can get them um, at the door, like I said. So either way, um, but of course we prefer advanced so we can set up the room. Uh, appropriately for the number of people that will be there. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Don't be late. That does it for this week's conversation. We'll be back again next Friday with another edition of Conversations in Grace. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving us a rating or a review and consider donating at gracelifefellowship.org slash donate. We'll be back again next Tuesday as Pastor Frank continues his series on Galatians. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.